0: Even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions eighteen plus.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're watching or listening, sorry, it's listening or watching uh, to this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with, as usual, me, Joe Redmond, and if, you, if you've been watching the watch-alongs or, or, or you've been uh, in the comments in the quiz, you will know that Simon is at a hospital, uh, and you can see it right there, he's, he's sat at home on his settee.
2: Hello, mate, thanks, yeah. thanks for having me, it's, it's nice to be in the comfort of my own arm and that I've been a, a nurse coming halfway through to check my blood pressure.
1: Yeah, that that will be good for the podcast as well. Just one sec, mate. Just one sec. Can you edit this? Can yeah. you edit this. Yes, I can edit this, mate. I can edit this. Um, but how are you feeling, mate? You're back when you back on your set? Hey, you made a you made a funny uh, funny comment yesterday on on the watch along. Um, we'll just we'll, we'll just quickly show a clip from the watch along in a couple of seconds. Uh, but you made a, a funny comment on the watch along yesterday. Someone said it's good to see you back on your set. Hey. E and you went, yeah, mate. It is, but I can't get off it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty stuck. I've uh, I've got myself to. I can stand with a lot of support and a lot of things. So basically, I'm not standing. I'm like a puppet just hanging on strings. But uh, I, I, I'm getting there, mate. It's, it's a slow one. It's the hardest one I've ever dealt with. I'm not here to whinge about it. But yeah, don't break both your femurs. That's the rule right there for all your listeners.
1: So if you're going to take anything away from this season, this first season of Turfcast podcast, the advice is don't break both your femurs. You can break one. Just don't break one. Yeah, back. break one. Break one, there you go.
2: Break one, you, you can like hop along a bit and get the other one working on the way, but you've got, there's nothing. There's no stability, mate.
1: No stability. No stability So yeah. you've got nothing. But you have been no. on the watch along, as mentioned. Um, yeah. You missed the last couple. Um, obviously, I didn't do the Liverpool one, because um, I was on the BT wall, so you only missed one, to be fair, but before that one, it was um, West Ham? I can't remember. Uh, me and Johnny did one on his own. I think it was West Ham game. Um, yeah, it was. Me and Johnny did one on his own. But you were back on yesterday for the um, Wolves game. How are you finding the watch-alongs?
2: Yeah, mate. they're good go fun, especially at a time where you can't sit next to your mates on the turf. It's a, it's a perfect replacement for uh, the virtual world, really, isn't it? We can't do anything else. So, rumour has it we'll be back in September, which rumor will be incredibly... You can't replace the, um, the the natural sort of buzz of of being on the turf or in a stadium. But listen, I mean, this might be the future of watching away games for a short while. We don't know.
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure. I've not, that's the first time I've heard that rumor. Um, obviously, I'm not allowed. I'm not sure if I'm actually allowed to say this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, but I know that Bradford have been told that like, to prepare like the start of next season without fans, and then maybe you yeah. can maybe you can start phasing fans in. So there might be like socially distant fans and stuff. You might only allow two thousand into to a, a, a twenty-two thousand seat stadium, like ten percent capacity. Um, so then, that'll be interesting to see how the club actually work that out. Um, but then we'll go on there. But and yeah, like, like, like Simon said, yeah, we went into that yesterday on the watch along. Um, but like Simon said, we did do the watch along yesterday, and it is good fun. It is a good replacement for the virtual world. I know a lot of people do like to watch the games on the telly with us, like next room or whatever, or just turn the telly on mute because you know Steve McMahon on BT Sport, for example, is an absolute shambles. So you can just have us basically talking shit. Um, and yesterday, the majority of the watch along. Um, you know, there weren't much action, but we found a lot to talk about. Um but the yeah, boss... they
2: turned a boring game into entertainment.
1: Yeah, especially the first seventy minutes. But after that, <laughs> it did become um quite entertaining. And here's the clips from um the moment that Chris Wood misses his header, um and then uh, cut out a little bit in between, all the way up until the point where we get the penalty and then Chris Wood puts it into the back of the net. It's a good ball, that's a good yes. ball. It's a good, it's good. good ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: Donkey.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh my God. How the oh. fuck has he missed that? Vidra's done brilliantly. Oh, he's two yards bad.
2: out. He's two oh, yards no. out, and he's caught it. He's prepared to save it with his hand. Watch. He's like. A, he needs that is to,
1: awful. Is that clearly. is absolutely dreadful. He's not even. He's, he's oh, hitting there. No. When he's hit, he's, he's, he's missed it. He's missed the actual oh, head. No. He's hitting up back of oh, head. Oh dear, dear, oh dear, He's hitting oh,
2: dear. like right on top at Fed Penalty. No what for? give a Yes, Mike Gain. Yes, what for? You know, I've and and I, just heard I can't I know hear I it. I can't, can't hear it. Is it one or something?
1: Who, who called the penalty in ninety-seventh minute or something for nothing? Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's VAR in it? it. And ball! It's yeah. and ball! It's blatant! It's absolutely yeah. fucking blatant! It absolutely and then he stood on blatant. it. It stood on Wood's head, What are What you even looking wood? at that for, VAR? Absolutely
2: blatant. Watch him thank you. Watch him land on Wood. Oh, I bet that hurt. Come on, Chris. Come man. on. Come on, Chrissy lad. Last penalty. Penalty, boys. Come on. Yes!
1: Get in there! Yes! Where's all the Wolves fans in the chat now? Where's all the Wolves fans in the chat now? yee Get in there! You've gone, quiet, You've gone quiet, boys. You've gone quiet, boys. Fucking get in. What a pen, by what the way. Penalty. What a pen. Straight Fine. In the fucking fucking get in. Get in there. What a penalty. Yes, Woody. Yes. What a penalty. Oh. Right, so there you have it. That was the clip of the... Um, I forgot what it was. Wolverhampton Wanderers watch along there. Um, if, you don't, if you haven't watched it already, uh, please feel free to come along. We've got two left this season because um, obviously we can't get on the game. So we've got Norwich away this weekend. Hopefully you'll see a lot of goals on that one, so you might see a lot of reactions from the boys on that one. Um, and then Brighton at home on the last day of the season, which, to be fair... 24th Sunday, I think, is, yeah, it? is it's, it 24th Sunday? Yeah, yeah anyway. It's a Sunday, yeah. And um, Which, to be fair, is quite annoying, really. We're hoping that we could send Brighton down on that. It's made that game a little bit of a nothing game, really, But because um, with City's... A uh, ban that's not a ban anymore. We can't. Uh, Europe's probably a, a step too far, especially after the yesterday's draws. As good of a draw it was, um, but it's probably a bit of a step too far. But we are going to be doing the watch alongs anyway. Um, so, like you say, it's quite. It's actually more popular than the podcast now. We're getting like five thousand views collectively on Facebook, yeah, Twitter, that. YouTube, and Twitch. Um, so it's, it's it's actually getting a bit of momentum. So if you do listen to the podcast, but you don't fancy the uh, fa- haven't fancied the watch along yet, just give it a go for the Norwich game, and hopefully we'll see some goals. But Simon's on it. Uh, we've got a regular fixture in Johnny Tate being on it and uh, another lad called Jared who's Simon's brother uh, he, he sort of like, dips in and out and, uh, and comes on it he wanted to be on it yesterday but he had a tooth out so he um, couldn't come on it hopefully he's alright for um, when's the next game? Saturday isn't it? Uh, it's the next game Saturday so hopefully we're out for that and there'll be four of us again but if not it worked just as well with three um, but we haven't actually done a p- in fact before I say the next bit I just want to give a quick mention to our sponsors Pitch Sport if you haven't already please go and download the app um, it's sort of like a, a fan hub, there you go, Simon's, Simon's advertisement face, it's sort of like a fan hub where fans from all over the uh, world can come and just sort of like chat about certain things in the games and choose their man of the match and all that sort of thing. It, um, if you haven't already, please go and download it. Uh, if, if you listen to the podcast, Phil, who um, is on the Pitchcast podcast every week, he was on the last Turfcast podcast because he's a West Ham fan, so I got his opinion on the West Ham game. So he, he was... Did well there, mate, he did well you. there. Thank you. He, he was a good talker. So if you do listen to the last one, you you would you would have heard heard of Phil. Um, but the the Pitchcast podcast is, is a good one to listen to because they cover all topics. Um, but anyway, that, that like I said, that was the last podcast we did the West Ham game. So since then, we have beaten West Ham, and we have drawn at Liverpool, and we have drawn at home to Wolves. So we'll start with the West Ham game, mate. Because I'm um, not actually I'm not actually talking to you about the West Ham game. At any point off camera, on camera, anything because obviously you're in hospital, you weren't on the watch along, then you got home from hospital. Um, so, in fact, no, you came home that day, didn't you? That's why you couldn't do it because it was just a big melee. Yeah, I home. think I got
2: home like an hour before the
1: kickoff, yeah, and yeah, obviously,
2: yeah. I've been home for four weeks. So.
1: so, thoughts on the game then, mate? I'll, 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 I'll let you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, did,
2: I didn't give it a full attention like I would do a normal game because obviously, like I said, I've just come home, seen kids and wife and that. So, I did watch it, it was on my you to put a shift times. in. But, uh, yeah, you've got to pretend that you're listening to the family as well at some points. Uh, but, I mean, Jay's header reminds me of the... Um, was it Andy Cook at Derby County when we were uh, pretty playing them in the FA Cup third round? I think Oh, we're God, all, yeah. Sec- I think it was the third round. It might not have been. but no, um, it was the
1: we're third round and we got beat by Coventry at fourth.
2: Yeah, and uh, Andy Cook did a similar sort of run and glancing header and we all thought, what an header. And you watch replay about it his shoulder, similar to Jay Rod's... <laughs> where you thought unbelievable um, but it, it takes stuff like that sometimes I mean there's no doubt in the world that uh, they're playing against a stubborn team who, who do concede goals but sometimes you need that little bit of luck and we have it against us a lot more than we have it for us I'll say that much but it's take anything you can get especially away from home man. What, what a result
1: Yeah I mean I remember, I remember talking on the, on the West Ham preview podcast um, to the West Ham fan Phil from Pitchcast uh, just sort of like saying like I expected us to lose the game, not because I thought West Ham were a better side, because obviously the league table doesn't lie over the course of a season. The Cream always rises us to the top. Um, but I expected them to I expected them to beat us simply because it meant more to them, or so I thought. It should have meant more to them. They should have got into that game thinking, right, we need to win this to stay up. Now, it looks like they're gonna stay up anyway, because they've got a win against Norwich and they've got like I think they've got Watford next and uh, another team that's down there and, and even if they lose both of them games I think they'll stop up comfortably. Um this, so they this should be alright, depending on other results. But it, it just didn't look up for it, did they, West Ham? I think that was the thing that disappointed me the most. It could have been a really, really good game, but I mean, I'll take the win, obviously, but you know, it, it disappointed me that West Ham really didn't, didn't really care.
2: I think that that's probably more testament to Burnley than we're giving them credit for, because I think that that's half of our game now is to make teams look shit yeah. uh, as, as much as it is to try and beat them. And look at Wolves, for example, you know, I mean, we're going into that game later, but that's a similar sort of. Tail like they didn't really do that much apart from that worldy goal, but the West Ham thing, you know, we we do frustrate you. We do make you do passes that you probably don't even want to do, um, and we do make brilliant players look like they're having a, a boxing match at times. So it, I, I'd say it's testament to the way we set up. And I, I spoke about it yesterday, but the clinicalness of Burnley to have three shots on target and get criticised for it, and then be winning games away from home is, is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's obviously a thing that we've touched on many a time on this podcast, our fans just don't understand that, oh, you rubbish, you only get three shots on target, or in uh, the Wolves game, which as you said, we'll go into later, we only had one shot on target, but half the time, you know, that's all we need, it? it just shows how clinical we are. We, yeah, we <laughs> should have got the goal with Chris we'll before that, yeah. yeah, we'll get into that anyway. But um, yeah, how good was Josh Brownell in that West Ham match, by the way, that lad, I mean... I, my latest Fantown question has been sent over to pitch. Um, hopefully, it'll be on later today. I'll drop him an email to get onto it. Um, but my latest Fantown question is this, which I'll put it to you now. Who's the better player, Jeff Hendrick or Josh Brownhill?
2: Wow. that See, now I have an issue with that question because people are having Jeff for whatever reason, but they're different players. They're, they're completely different players for me. Um, Who fits in Brownhill, the Burnley
1: side more then?
2: Right now, Brownhill does because... Fans love it. It's like Dean Marnie. Was Dean Marnie the best midfielder we've ever had? No, but was he one of the most loved we've ever had? Absolutely. Um, you just got certain players fitting certain teams. and For me, Jeff is a different sort of player. It's like Dave Jones' scenario. You know what I mean? When you look at his stats and the way he played, and I think it was a 93% pass completion in the full season that we went up on the 23 and defeated season, and you just think he would booed off at times time for going left and right, but... He's one of them. Not every player is meant to go forward. Not every med player is meant to do certain jobs. Um, but yeah, Jeff and Jeff and him, slightly different players. But I think Brownhill's fit into this squad unbelievably at the minute in yeah. very short time.
1: I mean, I was disappointed when we let Jeff go. I, I was a critic of his. I in the still past. am. Yeah, I still am. Um, I, I, I'll say what I've always said on every single podcast. I think I've said it on every podcast since the start of January. It frustrates me, but his versatility, is his strength, and I wanted him in the side because Absolutely. of his versatility. However. I don't think we've played as well on the ball in midfield since Josh Brownell's come in the side, since like, the Championship days. I think he's, he's so good on the ball, and we now look to play the ball through midfield a little bit more. Granted, we didn't yesterday against Wolves. That's a different story. Mm. But
2: against, similar similar Liverpool, game
1: yeah. No, it was, against West Ham, we got on the ball quite a lot in the middle of the park. We yeah. played some good football, and it was mainly focused around Brownell and West And I just thought... Yeah, this guy's gonna. This guy's gonna be decent. He's gonna fit into this side, and I genuinely believe that he's gonna do really, really well in this side. And hopefully, we can get like two and a half years out of him, just just fitting into that side brilliantly and playing really, really well.
2: Well, you you called it when we signed him. I think he's here to naturally replace Corker next season. You you said your words, um, and I, and I I think it's proofs in the pudding. The last two games and three games even, he's he's done pretty good in a role that he probably weren't prepared to take at the time.
1: Does Cork get back in the side then? Now next season for you?
2: I don't think anyone can replace the first no, eleven at the minute. I, I mean, you can say Wood, you can say Wood should have scored, and J Rod's going off with his injuries, a different scenario. Would would have gone off if J Rod was fully fit, possibly. But right now, team one defeat, you can't change it, mate. It's doing it's doing its job. And what? And, and, and going into that, I just want to touch on it. We well, thought we'll, we'll wait until it because I want to go touch on the point system, but we'll have to wait till the Wolves chat really.
1: Um, yeah, that's fine. Well, uh, that's pretty much the West Ham game covered. Um, Liverpool game, again, just... I, I don't know where this side gets it from, but sometimes you look at it and you think, oh, we'll probably get beat here. The last, the next two games I'm going to chat about are perfect examples of that where you're thinking, ah... That's a defeat. We'll take it. You know, we've done so well recently. I feel I feel stupid mourning about it. A defeat's a defeat. You know, we'll move on. The next thing you know, they pop up and grab a goal and, and don't get beat. Obviously, and and, and Wolves, uh, sorry, the Liverpool game were a perfect example of that. It just should have won it. Should have won it. To be fair, with a Goodmanson chance, uh, Johnny Taylor was a little bit critical on the watch along yesterday, saying he should have scored. If he has more composure, then yes, he probably should have scored, but I think coming back from like, such a long layoff and the way that the ball falls to him against Liverpool, you've got Van Dyke steaming down at you, throwing himself at you, and yeah,
2: you're going to snatch it in. and I thought he did well
1: to get a shot away myself, but another brilliant result.
2: Absolutely, I mean, you've got to look at two things there, like Nick Pope, not only did we get a, a, an unbelievable performance out of him, he's continued that from the West End game that we didn't mention, but... Like to say we should have got a win is easy to say from a burly point of view because we had the chance to win it, but without people like you, Nick Pope. we without your target, and Kev Long has stepped up to the mark, that like, let's let's give him some credit here because he's done unbelievable. I've never in my life thought I would be gutted when Chris Long, uh, Kev Long was down nice last long. night, thinking thinking Kev Long's down here, we we we're gonna be knackered. Yeah. I never thought for a second I'd be gutted at seeing that set. So that shows how well he's done in the games that he's been brought in. But like Nick Pope has been standout in, in them two games the West Ham and the Liverpool for me
1: yeah he's a, he, he did win the pitch sport man of the match on both occasions that's another thing you can do if, if you download the app you can go onto the app and after the games you can sort of like give a, a rating out of five for the manager the referee the team selection and the atmosphere and you can also vote for your man of the match Popey got the man of the match for both the Liverpool and the West Ham games. But yeah, I do want to touch on uh, Kevin Long because I put a tweet out after the Liverpool game saying Kevin Long appreciation tweet because he, he was he was fantastic and I remember at the start of the game thinking Ben Mee's out for the season. I don't have anything against Kevin Long but he's probably a championship defender at best. Um, he's going to be up against Salah, Firmino, Mane, you know, all, all these brilliant Liverpool players but he just looked he didn't, look, he didn't stand out that like, in a bad way, is what I'm saying. He didn't stand out. I'm not saying that in a negative. Like, you'd have thought he'd have stood out because he'd have got bullied against his... Turned, yeah, into, yeah. turned inside out, bullied. But he didn't. He absolutely... He made some decent blocks and some decent tackles. And to be fair, the only reason why he didn't get the man of the match or Tarke, because they were both class, is because of Nick Pope. But he, he was fantastic well, and he deserves all the credit that he's getting.
2: Absolutely. And I think looking at the Burnley fans over the years, myself included, you're asking, why would you be... Why would Kev Long even be happy, number one? That's still a question I don't understand. Why would you be happy to sit 10 years as a non-existent player part in the in the first eleven anyway? Mm. And then to to dash the second question is, why would you keep a player that you don't want to use? But then obviously, you know, this has answered that question, knocked it out of the park, to be honest with you. It's, it's done brilliant.
1: Really- well, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, central centre-backs is a position where... You need good cover. You need players that are decent at cover. That's obviously why we signed Ben Gibson for for what is still our record fee Um, only last season, the start of last season. You do need players that are, are good, but then you have the the problem of players wanting to play, as we've seen with Ben Gibson. Um, obviously, we've chatted about that a lot on the podcast. So I'm not here to bring that up. But you have situations where you're going to have good players that are, are on the bench, and therefore, eventually, these good players are going to want to play football. And if they want to play football, they're going to become unsettled. And that, I like you say, has happened with Ben Gibson. But thankfully, you know, Kevin Long's been here for 10 years now, more than 10 years, and he's never once... He might have done behind closed doors, who knows, but he never once seems to kick up a fuss. Because he could easily, now I think, on the back of these performances going to a, like a decent championship side, maybe even a Watford or someone that comes up next season. But he'll probably still be here next season just and deputising talking and Ben Me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't like to let someone who's happy as he is to do what he's doing go. Um, yeah, sir. So. But have we given him the taste for it? Have we given him his, his passion back? He's got an international career to think about still. Um, and and I've I've always thought it'd be easy to get into a mid or uh, championship side. So maybe now, look at like you said, I put a team looking for promotion, looking for progression. And why not, like, if you're not going to use him and he's not in your main sort of thought process, do one of them loans where you can bring him back. Just don't let him go, really. Like, similar with Jeff, I don't, I I didn't want to let him go because of the position he brings you and the sort of, like, reliability of him when other people aren't fit as well.
1: It's one of them, isn't it? Like, I... You, you, it's 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 catch twenty two because you're either gonna he's either gonna be on the bench now and and not get many games and get any times or, or we'll let him go. Um, but I think the best thing for Burnley is to have him on the bench it could be a good good scenario where he where he has a loan but you can call him back. Yeah, but um, it's one of them. Like it, again, he might go to a club, say someone pushing for promotion next season from the Championship, Preston, for example, and and think, oh, I really really like it here. I want I want to stay here now. So, again, that, that could happen there. We could end up losing him. And, and I've never been one to sort of like be that fussed about Kev Long. There's been some rumours of him leaving a few seasons. I've been like, yeah, it's fine, whatever, we'll just get someone else. But he's come in now and he's shown that he is capable of coming in to replace Ben Mee or Tarke. If, if Tarke is an absolute worry, though, Tarke do not really get injured, does he? But, you know, um, if you're in that, in that scenario, um, I think I think it's important that we keep him. It's important that we keep him. And keep him happy because obviously we didn't manage to keep Ben Gibson happy, but obviously, his different personalities, different situations, and stuff. So, hopefully, oh, yeah, he's still here, yeah, hopefully he's still here next season, Kevin Long. But I can't see him leaving now personally. But like you say, he might have that
2: hunger and drive now, maybe. But I never thought I'd spend 10 minutes talking about Kevin Long before,
1: so there you go. No, so there you go, uh, apart from like the <laughs> Kevin Long is leaving podcast. But obviously, we're hoping that, that isn't the case, but um. Yeah, the next game then is obviously the game that we had last night. You've just heard a clip um, from the watch-along that we did. Um, as mentioned, the watch-along will be back on Saturday. We'll start it live around 1725 Um and then just go from there. But, um, yeah, the Wolves game yesterday, not the most entertaining game for the first 45 minutes. That's probably from a Burnley perspective because we were offering nothing. Wolves, I thought, looked decent going forward. We had Triore. Yeah. You had the other lad whose name I forgot Who t- he kept raving about on the watch along. Uh,
2: for. Pern- Pern- P- Something like that, yeah. Hortons, but Hortons, that's it. yes, it, yes. Like?
1: I never thought your memory would rescue me. Come on, uh, man. yeah, yeah. He, e, e were class. Uh, they've got some really, really good players at wolves. You know, that's why they're knocking on the door of the Champions League, having only been been in League One like three, four years ago. Admittedly, they've got a lot of money to spend. Admittedly, they've got an agent that's doing them like a massive favor and Thank stuff, and, and that. So that's why they are there. But you can only
2: add well, money that's what football, makes it then, hard yeah. to digest that a one-one draw against Wolves at home. It's a little bit disappointing. prior to a game if you'd have said, oh, you'll get a one-one draw. But it's it's because it's hard to swallow that they are actually an unbelievable yeah, eleven. They are, you class know what I mean, now. the players are incredible. Um, the goal just typified it—not just the, just the finish, but the run from Traore, who's played in three positions. I watched yesterday. He started on right wing. He was then playing uh, sort of like a centre mid, and then in the end, he was the, the the target man up front. Yeah, they put him up front. So just shows you, doesn't it, like how good that eleven is. Um, but what what a result, mate! Another point on the board, which is something that I'm immensely proud of. I think we're we've got two games to get four points uh, to beat our previous record in the Premier League of the of the year. we got Europa, which just shows, mate, how unlucky we're going to be if we do not get Europa. Which, like you said, is highly unlikely because of the the, the form of the other teams around us. But if we get more points and don't qualify for a year, it's devastating, but like, we should be really proud of it, basically.
1: Definitely be really proud of it, yeah. It's just, I just think, obviously, that the Premier League's a little bit better this year than it was that year. There are a lot of teams... Harder circumstances. Yeah, harder well. circumstances. There are a lot of teams that season that should have been better, but weren't. Leicester, for example, I think finished in eighth or ninth. Everton, again, who's the same this season? To be fair, they're, they're not been as good as as they should have been. Um, I know I'll get a message off way now saying what's all that about, mate. But uh, you know they haven't probably been as good as, uh, as as what they should have been. But but then you have uh, uh, on the other side of things, Sheffield United doing really well. Um, Leicester are now banging on the door of uh, of the top four. Well, they're in the top four, um, and you've got Wolves as well. So there's three teams now that weren't above us then, but are now. And then yeah. on the flip side of it, Arsenal, Tottenham I haven't done so well, but they are both above us anyway. But but yeah, just going back to that Wolves game, I think you, you summed it up perfectly there. Like you know, their, their eleven is really really good. Like you, sometimes you just think to yourself, oh, it's Wolves, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. two at uh, League One four years ago. But th- if you look at their eleven on paper, it's absolutely sensational. They should be doing a little bit better for me in the league. But having said that, you know, they're in the quarterfinals of the Europa League, so I think they take fifth or sixth what they are in the league.
2: Yeah, and, and like you said, they are pushing to, to try and get them Champions League spots now. And, you know, you've got your Leicester. And it just shows me how far they, they've, they've, they have come. Because you've got Spurs and Arsenal um, sort of like fighting it out um, for the Europa spots. And yeah. you've got Leicester and Wolves fighting it for the Champions spot. Um, and Leicester have been on terrible form recently. So, it shows how well they started the season to be even still be there. Um, but again, mate, just... Just take it back to the positive of Burnley to get if we can get six points out of the next two games, which will be very difficult, I'm not saying that we should at all, but if we can get six points, smash the record of what we've previously got, um uh, we we're desperately unlucky to not get Europa this year because of that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, and
1: that brings it on nicely to the point that you commented on uh, a
2: post recently yeah. that
1: I put out on, on Turfcast. I mean, I know we've had this debate a million times, so I won't go into it too deep. I'm just doing this because I know you want to talk about it. But we've had the conversation so many times on Turfcast. Why would you not want to qualify for Europe? Someone will say, because it ruined our season that season. Well, it didn't ruin it because we stayed up. So that, that we achieved the goal yeah. at, the start, uh, uh, at the end of the day. Um, If we'd have qualified for the groups, it might have been a different thing. Yes, the squad probably isn't big enough to be into Europe, but getting into Europe will attract these sort of players anyway. But anyway, the point is that a lot of people have been commenting on it again, saying, I don't want to qualify for Europe, I just want to have a good season and and finish 8th or ninth." but... I just, I'm the same as you. I don't know what you're going to say before I let you go off on one. I don't see the point in being in the Premier League if you don't want to constantly strive for success. What's the point in finishing 17th every year? There's no point. Let's qualify for Europe. Let's enjoy the, let's ride the crest of this wave that we're on at the minute, and hopefully we can yeah. maybe qualify next year if we don't qualify this year, for example. But I'll let you go on, on, on it, mate, because you wanted to discuss. No, that. I mean
2: you you, you summarise it perfectly. It was just a point I wanted to make because of the comments. But yeah, why, why would you not want to see success for your club? Why would you not want to strive to the next level? Um, it's like saying i don't want to go in the premier league when we're in the championship because you're only going to get relegated at the end well that's now you, you still want to achieve it you still want to perform and if we can if we can get the most points we've ever got with our second side at the minute and injuries come in thick and fast i just think that that shows how far the squad depth has come granted it might not look like it but it shows that you you've got you've got your long you've got your um Gunmans and Brady that are still struggling to get in the squad even with the bloody second string out yeah. uh, I think that it shows how far the, the players in the field as well come.
1: now with Brownhill and Corker
2: Brownhill, Cork you know, you've know, you got to try and keep these players happy if Cork's going to sit on the bench mate I don't see it happening hmm. if Brownhill's going to, see how to sit on a bench he'll get in the end um, after the performances he's given this is important for the development of, of the next stage of Burnley from the you know, even the academy's been given a, and their higher status now of the category A. This shit needs to keep going, it needs to keep progressing. We need to get the players in. We need to get the excitement around. I want to play for Burma, and yeah. then people might stop giving a shit.
1: Yeah, well, it's it. I agree with that. A, a lot, a lot of the comments that we get off other clubs is, "Oh, you're just a dev club. You never strive <laughs> to a, a achieve anything." Which I, I think is because a lot of the fans always say stuff like, "Oh, I don't want to qualify for Europe." I, 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 this season, I think for me as shown that we are now, as long as Dash is still here, we are now a comfortably mid-table Premier League side. And if we bring in enough players and we can carry the momentum on from the second half of the season into next season, we can easily push for the top top eight and a top seven, you know, we can easily get into your... And why can't we win the League Cup? I know people... That, there's like this myth surrounding the Cups that, you know, the, the the big clubs don't take it seriously. But all you have to do is look at the past five, six winners to, to show that they do. You know the big clubs do take the FA Cup and the League Cup series. Always, always seems to be one of the big clubs winning it. But why can't we have a cup run? Like, yeah, you, uh, you made the point of these players might not be happy sitting on the bench, but we did try and have a bit of a cup run. I think it's fair to say this year in the Sunderland game, if you look at the players that we had on the bet, on the pitch, obviously some of yep. them aren't on it here anymore. Danny Drinkwater, Joe Hart. should have. We should have done better there. Yeah. You know. why, why can't we have a cup run with this second string now? With this second string shown that it's good enough because it's it's fact, it's holding its own against the champions of the world, for God's sake, like like they did against Liverpool last week, and getting a good point against a good Wolves side. So, it's time for me to 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 consolidate the fact that we are a mid-table Premier League side. We're not just happy to be in the Premier League anymore. We are a mid-table Premier League side and quite a comfortable one at that. And now it's time to push on, and and do even more. Win a trophy. I think if I could choose anything for next season, it wouldn't be finish seventh. It'd be win a trophy. I, obviously, we've never seen Burnley. Lift the trophy aloft. Obviously, someone will say, "Like, you no, know, the championship trophy," but it's not a major honour. Like, I want to see him win a major honour. Well, we didn't get to lift honor. it, did
2: we? Well,
1: no, but not at the, at the town hall. <laughs> we did at the town hall. But like, I yeah. want to see. I want to see him lift a major trophy at Wembley. Um, and I think, I think that's the one thing we haven't done. I don't think it's the one thing our generation hasn't done. Uh, as band, yeah, no, I agree
2: with that. I mean, we've had some good cup runs as, as, as when we were teenagers and early twenties, um, yeah, especially. But, go. but then. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I, just want to sound, yeah, I just want to see the progression, mate. It's, a, it's just the way it is. And also, right, I think it's really important that these players that say, oh, I don't want Europe because I don't want to, etc., whatever their reason be, that's absolutely fine. I don't want to sort of ostracise these people for their opinions because my, my opinion is as worthless as theirs is. But you ain't going to keep your players, mate. You know what I mean? If we're finishing eighth and ninth, um, players are naturally looking for progression. The clubs above us are going to say, right, well, who's the best players from the teams below us? Yeah. They're going to start looking at your Dwarts and Tarkies and offering them opportunities. And Pop, you know what I mean? They've, they've, it's not a long career, mate. And, and these people have got to think about themselves. And Sean uh, Dash as well. Uh, I don't
1: want someone above us to yeah, come Dash. and
2: coach him. Dash, I mean, he's proven his worth. But, but he's proven that it's not about the players that we've got. It's about the system he's using to, to get the points half the time. Because, like you said, they're just coming in and fitting in and doing the job, mate. There's nothing about you know taking three four five players on and scoring a goal is it it's just a system uh but yeah no absolutely if you want to keep these players mate you've got to you've got to, and, and this is the way to do it
1: yeah feed them european football and feed them success uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at our game against norwich next but first we'll just have a quick um thought from uh, a quick word should i say from our sponsors Let's talk about The Athletic, which is a must for all football fans and has loads of brilliant Burnley content. The Athletic brings you the best coverage of football, combat sports, NFL, NBA and loads more, a world-class team of football writers, including Andy Jones, who covers the Clarets, and it's completely ad-free, with no ads and no annoying pop-ups. If you're not signed up to The Athletic yet, fans of Turfcast can now get 50% off the annual subscription price and a seven-day free trial. To get the deal, head to theathletic.co.uk... Forward slash Turfcast. Right, so big thank you to uh, Simon for coming on the podcast again. It's good to see him back. Uh, on the podcast um, on a regular basis and seeing back home, um, even if he can't get off the set, uh, as he said earlier in the scene. But it is good seeing back home, and it's easier for us doing the podcast as well, to be fair, because like he said earlier on, it were hard work having to, to sort of like fit around um, when a nurse may or may not come in. Um, I think if, if you are one of the people that watches the watch alongs, then you would have, have seen a nurse several times just randomly come in and do, and do his blood pressure, which. Um, you know, isn't isn't the best sort of like visual uh, for for a football podcast to say the least. But what we're going to do now is going to look ahead to the Norwich game, um, because the next two games remaining for Burnley are of course Norwich City this week, and then um, and he'll say Bradford City then uh, Brighton on Sunday the twenty sixth of June, which is of course the last day of the season. Now, uh, both of these games are going to mean absolutely nothing really. Now, uh, just looking at the league table here in front of me, obviously Norwich are already bottom and are already down. They're only playing for pride. They have only got the two games left as well, as Burnley have at the time of recording. Um, Villa have got 35. Majority teams, especially when you're all listening to this, I presume, um, will only have two games left, and they will only have two games left... um at the next game week anyway, so let's just go off that, two games left, not actually the bottom, uh, with 21 points, uh, they're obviously already down, as everyone's aware, they are 13 points away from safety, with only only two games left, so so yeah, they're down, and they've been down for, for about a week now, I think it is, uh, and as for Brighton, just looking for them, they are in 15th position on 36 points, well, they can, they can still go down Brighton, they can still go down, but Bournemouth would need to win both of their games, um, and Watford would need to win a game, so would West Ham. Um, so I, I find that very, very unlikely. So Bournemouth um, aren't going to turn it around, I don't think. I think the bottom three, as it is now, uh, will be the bottom three, as it is at the end of the season. The team that is most likely to get out of it for me, I'd say, will be Villa, just simply basing that on uh, the games that they've got left. Because um, I can't remember off the top of my head, I haven't got them in front of me now, but Bournemouth's games are very, very tough. Having said that, they are giving themselves a fighting chance by getting four points out of Leicester and Man City, but I still think it's too little too late. Um, Aston Villa have got easier games, but again, they they need to win, looking at the goal difference as well. They need to win both of them, so they need six points out of it because their goal difference is minus 27, whereas Watford's is minus 21, so they can't win one and draw one. They're going to need to win both of their games as well, so both of them two teams need to win both of their games, which for me... um, I can't see happening, unfortunately, for them two. So the bottom three will be Norwich, Villa and Bournemouth. Uh, so when we play Brighton on the final day of the season, uh, there won't be much to play for there. Obviously, we'll talk about that more next week on the next podcast when, when we do the Brighton preview. Hopefully, um, I can get a Brighton fan on and we can uh, I can do an opposition look at it because I do enjoy doing that, um, unfortunately. Um, some fans don't respond to their Twitter messages, um, so I can't seem to get one on every week at the minute. Uh, but as the podcast keeps growing and stuff, people will be more aware of who we are. We'll have more followers uh, and other podcasts will follow us, um, so we'll be able to get more people on. But thanks to, to the people that have been on this season. We've had um, a, a, a very well-known Watford podcast that came on the show. So we had Phil um, from Pitch Sport who, who came on to talk about West Ham. Uh, and we'll we will be trying to do more of that next season but let, let's just look ahead at that Norwich game then like i said i think for me i'm going to go out uh, and predict a 2-0 win for burnley i don't think it's going to be as easy as most people are, are mentioning um norwich have sort of like changed the way that they play which is a little bit too late obviously because they're already down, Um, but if you notice in their game against, uh, who was it recently, Chelsea um, they didn't just open up and just attack at will, or try and attack at will, um, like they have been doing all season which is essentially why they're in in this mess which I do want to point out by the way I remember when uh, Norwich played Liverpool quite early on this season in the Premier League season, and uh, they did quite well against Liverpool, I think they scored a couple of goals they played well and everyone was crying about how well they played and how they'll do well in the Premier League and things like that obviously that's that's um, fact number one. They've got that one wrong. They didn't do well in the Premier League. But uh, one thing I do remember is I saw a Norwich fan tweet, um, and he said um, uh, after watching that game, fans of Burnley, Bournemouth, and uh, just reeled off a few teams that he thought would be down there. Um, that's that's fact number two that he's got wrong, by the way, because Burnley tenth and nowhere near the relegation zone. Twenty points off the relegation zone. We are as I as I talk. But um, and he said. We'll be watching this game. So fans of the likes of, teams of the likes of Burnley, were watching this game and absolutely shitting themselves. Norwich City are here to stay. Now, that's a tweet that's not aged well, has it? Now, I have already looked for this tweet because I wanted to throw him under the bus a little bit at the end of the season and have a bit of fun with it. But unfortunately, I can't find it. Um, I did I did try and find it, but unfortunately, I can't find it. But it's, it's uh, the point I'm trying to make here is all these... Teams and uh, and these fans and these and these uh, Twitter accounts and stuff always go on about how you should play in a certain way. Obviously, we know as Berlin fans that that is absolutely a lot of bollocks. Um, look at Wickham, for example. They absolutely shit out their way into the championship, and I, I am all for that. I'm glad to see another shit team. Uh, in the top two tiers uh, with us and Sheffield United but there is no correct way to play football and now Norwich nearly got a good result against Chelsea last time out because they had changed their style of play, they've looked at the way that they played all season and gone, this doesn't work, we need to change it so they changed it and they nearly dug out a result against um, against Chelsea in the end they didn't, uh, that's just simply because the quality shone through because they, they aren't actually good enough in terms of the players that they have as well to play in the other way because if you change your system straight away uh, you're not going to uh, so you change your system suddenly, you're not going to know how to play it straight away, you're not going to start picking up results, but they have tried to change it, so fair play to them, but it is too little too late. Uh, they're down, and they're down with a whimper. Uh, but one thing I do want to take from that Chelsea game is the kind of goals that they scored. I remember one of them being a cross and Giroud heading it in, at, um, I can't remember the other ones. But obviously, that's our strength. Our, our strength is getting it out wide and getting crosses in, especially on set pieces. Um, obviously, if we get any free kicks and stuff, or we get any corners... Um, I'm quite confident we might pick up a couple of goals. Hopefully Woody and Jay uh, will be starting. Um, I know there's the debate about Wood and, and, and Vidra and stuff like that, and I think, as as Johnny Tate said it perfectly on the watch-along recently, it's also for courses. Um, Woody will be better in certain games, and Vidra will be better in certain games. Vidra was better for the Liverpool game because he changed the game and he came on, and that's the reason why we ended up getting a point, because of the Vidra substitution. Um and then Wood. I, I would I would have preferred Wood for the um, the Wolves game, personally. But he, he was a bit... Um, I'm not going to say poor, but he had a bit of a slower start. Uh, it's it's fair to say he's coming back uh, from injury. But that that sitter that he missed, that, as you just heard from the watch-along, uh, we were not very complimentary. Um, it was a bit of a sitter, to be fair. And um, Johnny Tate calling him a donkey, I think, was well-deserved. But, as he said in his post Match interview, he made amends. Um, but I think for this one, I, I'd, I'd carry on using these next two games to get Wood... Sort of like match, get, get the match sharpness back into him before he has the break. So then when he comes back from the end of the season, he's still got that little bit of sharpness there rather than not having played for, for, for about six months, it could be by that point. So getting back in, hopefully get some confidence back in him by getting a couple of goals as well. Jay's on absolute fire. Um, Was a little bit poor against Wolves, but he did pick up a knock. I don't know when he picked that knock up to be fair, but he's been on absolute fire as Jay. Um, absolutely brilliant signing. I was, I'll be honest, I held my hands up at the time. I think I've said it a couple of times on the podcast now. I thought it was a case of we're only signing him because he's from Burnley and he used to play for the club, uh, the scouting system here, blah, blah, blah. You know It's not good enough. But he's, he's been fantastic. He's fitted into the system brilliantly. He's fitted into his team brilliantly. And he's scored some absolutely brilliant goals that have got us where we are in the league. And before the Wolves, sorry, the Woods goal yesterday, if my calculations are correct, I think he was the joint leading goal scorer with Chris Wood. Now it is Chris Wood with 12, I think. And uh, Jay's got 11. But, you know, they've been fantastic. And hopefully we can get... um. Uh, a goal each against Norwich or whatever um, and and we can pick up all three points and that will put us on uh, just having a look at the league table now we are on 51 points so that will put us on 54 points now depending on result elsewhere that could take us as high as eighth Uh, some teams do have games tonight at the day of recording which is Thursday so then they could be a little bit further away Uh, but Arsenal they're only two points above as a win um, a win against against Norwich could take us above them. I'm not sure of Arsenal. have got, but as I think Simon mentioned earlier in the podcast, I can't remember if I mentioned it off camera or not. If we win both of these next two games, it will be the the most points we've ever got in a Premier League season. So I think for me, that is target number one that we need to be looking at as as sorry that the players need to be looking at and thinking we need to achieve this. We need to be like the best Burnley team in the Premier League era ever. Because even if we don't finish seventh, I think in terms of points, they could look at this and say, well, we we, we got the best points tally ever. Um, for a burner side so we, it, it would be a record-breaking season it's fair to say and um, target number two I think for me has to be Nick Pope Nick Pope has to get that golden glove um, he's worked so hard all season and so has the defence the defenders in front of him have been fantastic it's not just a, it's not just an award for Nick it's an award for Nick and his defenders and the team as well and obviously Sean Dash, Um it'll be fantastic if, if Nick could win that award so hopefully we can go into these two games keep two clean sheets uh, and get six points along the way as well but I'll take four points and two clean sheets as well to be honest um, I think, I think they, they, they need to be the targets. I think if I could choose one of them two targets, i choose Nick getting the Golden Glove because I think it'd be absolutely magnificent for him. Um, and it'll just show what we are uh, as a side and, and what we do well as a side, which is defend and have good keepers that we can hang at on. And um, a little bit of a controversial one as well. I, I'll ask Simon about it later. I, I was going to ask him about it today, but I was mentioned he had to shoot off. I think it might actually prove um, that at the start of the season, all this hoo-ha about letting Tom Eaton go and a lot of people saying Daesh has got this wrong I don't know why he's let him go and kept Popa it'll prove to everybody that Daesh got it right and it was in fact the right decision but we'll get on to that next week so that will be a topic I'm going to put out on social media this week um, probably after the Norwich game Hopefully, after Nick Port's picked up another clean sheet. Um, but we'll get on to that next week. So don't come at me with your comments about that yet. I'll put it out on social media, and we'll have a, an interactive fan debate on the next week's podcast. But thank you for listening uh, to the latest episode of Turfcast Podcast. Um, if you haven't already, please check out the Watch Along, which is going to be on um, Saturday. The game starts at R5, doesn't it? So the Watch Along will probably go live at around 5.20, 25. and then um, me and the boys will all watch the game. It, it's either going to be me, Sam, and Johnny, and Jared again, or it'll just be me and a mixture of of them. I have a couple of dirt decent lads that have been on it before, in, in Neil and and Quilter, who have said they both will be on it again. Um, so we will we will. I'll, I'll promise you now we'll get four people on for this weekend. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Now a couple of people um, don't let me down. But um, but yeah, that'll be on on Saturday. Uh, at half five uh, and if you haven't already please subscribe to the youtube channel because if you listen to this and you have a youtube but you don't really watch us on youtube just go and subscribe anyway because we've been stuck on 95 subscribers for about two weeks now i don't know why it's not going up i don't know i've done loads more on youtube recently uh, but it's just not going up but just get us to 100 subscribers uh, and as i mentioned on a podcast a couple of weeks ago me and sam will do a live q and a to sort of like award um our our, 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 our subscribers on YouTube because, um, like I said, stuck on 95, and I just want to get to 100. If you're not already, please like us on Facebook. Um, we are on Twitter as well, and Instagram. We're on all the social media channels. Um, but we will be back on Saturday with the Watch Along, then we're back on Sunday with the quiz, then we'll be back next Thursday with the next Turfcast podcast and vodcast, and then back for the final Watch Along of the season on Sunday, which means there will be no quiz Not this Sunday, the Sunday after, but there will be a watch along. But thanks a lot, and hopefully I'll see you around. Cheers.
2: Podcast Network.
0: 18 plus.